After a nice long holiday break, Rad Radio has one thing to say. When is our next vacation? And now back to the mediocrity that is Rob, anybody, and Dawn. <laughs> we just uh, tried to play Trouble Trouble for some Jim Jeffries tickets. We didn't get a winner. So we'll uh, have another shot at it at 8 and 9 with Master of Movies and the Pressure Cooker. Um, and uh, I had something here, but I forgot where it went. Oh, oh we were talking about dogs in the uh, previous segment. And uh, uh, a little rat terrier got a hold of a brisket and nearly uh, choked itself to death. Awful. Um, you know, the owner just looked away for one second and the dog got, got right to it and oh. uh, tried to uh, just to, to engulf the whole thing. It was, um, like the tri- it was like the brisket was bigger than the dog. <laughs> little five pound rat terrier. Uh, Michelle wrote in and says, I'm the wife that fish hooked the brisket out of my old rat terrier's mouth yeah, you saved its life. a couple years ago. This is the same dog that when he was maybe two years old also nearly choked on half a hot dog my brother had dropped while barbecuing. I looked over to see him struggling and rushed over to pull the hot dog out. Poor little guy has always been tiny. I've had to worry about him getting stepped on his whole life and had to make sure he didn't eat weird things. I've been seeing each other. uh, I've been saying each year for about three years now that he's getting old and might be on his way out. But he keeps on kicking, so I guess he'll live forever. He's been with me literally half my life, and I'll be a wreck when he's gone. For now, I'll keep him comfortable and give him all the love he deserves for being my little buddy for so long. They're the best. Uh, Let's head over to uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, and talk to Steve Mickelson when I from mixpicks.com. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. Good morning. Big weekend uh, in the NFL, the uh, wild card playoff weekend. And uh, uh, first, I want to start with this email. That we got from Ann. Hi, Ann. She says, uh, hello, my son-in-law is an advocate, uh, is a devout Dallas Cowboys fan. I realize early in our relationship not to tease him about losing. I grew up in uh, Maine, so we are Patriots fans. And due to Tom Brady, he was even more sensitive about losing games, and he really was touchy about losing. When he texted me Cowboys coach got fired and Belichick was new coach for for the upcoming season, I knew he was screwing with me. Guess what? I asked Siri and Chuck wasn't being funny. I don't know who Chuck is. Maybe that's the, maybe that's her son. Yeah. Uh, wow. Now he says I I can be a Cowboys fan, and all I can say is go Cowboys. Wishing the team the best. So, so Steve, uh, the Cowboys were eliminated over the weekend, and uh, there is talk about Mike McCarthy being ousted. Uh, do you think that there's any truth with Bill Belichick going to the Cowboys? I would love to see it happen. Uh, I, I think a lot of Cowboy fans would as well. I don't know if it's going to happen. And one of the big issues is Jerry Jones runs the team. He has his pulse on every single thing that happens with it. It is entirely his team, which is also why the Cowboys do this year in and year out, because he is the problem. He's been the problem. <laughs> and if Belichick were to go there, you know, Belichick also has to have total control. So I can't see the two really working well together because both want to call all the shots. But, man, it would be a lot of fun to see it happen if they could make it work. Uh, But I I don't think it's going to happen. But I I would really love to see them try. Is Jerry Jones more of that personality where he is more concerned about being in control than even winning? Yes, and he proved that with Jimmy Johnson because they were building a dynasty – that, you know, they ended up winning three Super Bowls. They probably could have won five or six, 
but his ego got in the way because he didn't like the fact that Jimmy Johnson was getting credit for the Cowboys and all their success because he felt he deserved it. And that's what the rift between Jerry Johnson and Jimmy Jones was that many years ago. And he drove off a, a guy who would have made the Cowboys the greatest franchise in history, the NFL, because of his ego. Damn. So now that we're, we're on the subject, why don't we uh, go over the uh, Cowboys-Packers game that took place yesterday? Yeah, that was a surprise. The Packers played great football. Uh, Jordan Love was phenomenal in this game. They destroyed the Cowboys start to end. Every time you think, okay, maybe the Cowboys got a chance. I mean, they, they had a shot. Packers pick six, you know, in the first half to just extend their lead even farther. Uh, you know, Dak Prescott, good numbers, but Packers defense played great. This was the youngest Packers team to win a playoff game since I think like the 93 Bills or something like that. Wow. So it is a really young team. They played great in the second half, and yet again, Cowboys one and done in the playoffs. Uh, so we also got this email to red at redreader.com from TJ. Hi, TJ. Takes us to our next game. Uh, TJ says, it's not time yet, but it's it. let's all give three cheers for Steve and his Lions. Roar! Woo! First playoff win in 32 years. Damn, oh, my God. How are you feeling today after that Lions Whoa. win yesterday against the Rams? Oh, it was wonderful. Uh, I was talking to my wife, reminding her that this is the first playoff win during our marriage. We were wow. engaged the last time what? that that uh, they won a playoff game, That's and crazy. Uh, so this was this was really cool. Oh. I loved every minute of it. I was watching the game late, going, "Here we go! Rams are going to kick that field goal to go up twenty six twenty four. You know, but the sad part about it is, is watching this game, there was two calls that really influenced the outcome of this game. In the first half, it was an offsize by the Cowboys, and they called, you know, movement by the Lions offensive line. Nobody moved, and that made the Lions go from being in field goal range right before halftime to, you know, being able to kick a field goal to having to punt, which really took the momentum out of the Lions. But then late on that last drive by the Rams, there was holding on that play. I mean, by rights, the defense should have been flagged for holding. The Rams should have got the first down, continued to go on, most likely kicked the wheel, the field goal to win. And, you know, with today's day and age, all the camera angles, everything we see, there, those were two really big calls that influenced the outcome of the game. I'm just glad the Lions were on the right side of this for a change, <laughs> and they actually got a win. Uh, so the uh, the Browns lost horribly to the Texans in yeah, Houston. Yeah, Texans. Uh, what was your takeaway from that game? Uh, I, I love that game. C.J. Stroud, to me, is one of the funnest quarterbacks to watch play in this league. He's a rookie this year. Nobody had any expectations for the Texans at all. Many felt they were one of the three worst teams in the NFL. They were going up a Browns defense, which is one of the best we've seen in many years. And they totally destroyed them, put up 45 points on them. The Joe Flacco story has been really entertaining because here's a guy who, like, rolled off his couch, was pretty much retired from football, came in, helped lead the Browns into the playoffs. Great story. But in the end, I'm glad the Texans won. C.J. Stroud, if, if you didn't get a chance, you really need to watch this guy play because he is going to be so good. Hopefully he doesn't get hurt. 
and he can have a 15, 20-year career, and we can enjoy watching all of his games. Great win for the Texans. And then uh, also on Saturday, the the frigidly cold uh, Kansas City Chiefs hosted the Dolphins and uh, demolished them because Dolphins don't belong in the snow. (laughs) Uh, What was your takeaway from that game? Well, well, the the Chiefs did what they need to do. We see this come playoff time every year. We all know, you know, warm weather teams struggle in the cold. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go bitch a little bit here because I watched this game, and I normally don't bitch, but oh my gosh, people, we know it's cold every sense. I quit hearing things going on about the game and just continued to hear bitches from the announcers and everyone on how cold it was. It went the entire time. It was like, come on. We know it's cold. Talk about the game. And they couldn't get past it. So I had a hard time watching the game because it just irritated me so much. So they they couldn't stop talking about Taylor Swift walking through the tunnel in her custom-made Nike jacket that had the Travis Kelsey numbers and name and everything. And, oh, that thing's got to be worth a lot of money, Steve. Well, the the cool thing about it, though, is that one of, and and Steve, you'll probably know, one of the Niners players, his wife is a designer. And she's the one that made this for Taylor Swift and for um, Brittany Mahomes. Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of cool. Uh, that's really cool. I have no idea whose <laughs> wife made yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know the player. It's like a, it's it's a longer name I can't pronounce. But yeah, you know, it's funny you talk about them continuously talking about the cold because I remember for me at one point I'm like, is this the first time it's ever been cold at a game, right? Because like yeah. this is all they would talk about. But the one part that did gross me out that I'm like, stop showing it was the coach of the Chiefs mustache because all I can, it was so frozen and there was just like oh. icicles in it and yeah. all I could imagine was that was snot frozen. Oh yeah, it was right? Like I'm just like, God, <laughs> He's saving it for later. Stop. <laughs> snot popsicles. Uh, so uh, do you think that the Chiefs are poised to uh, take it even further and maybe go to the Super Bowl after that win? Uh, you know, they've seemed out of sync all season. They haven't been explosive that we've known in the past. But they still have Patrick Mahomes. And as long as Patrick Mahomes is there, if they ever figure out how to solve their drop passes, problem, we saw it again. I mean, Kelsey, you know, arguably one of the best tight ends ever to play the game. He continues to drop passes. You can't cut them out because Patrick Mahomes is, Mahomes is just so good. But they still don't seem like they're clicking on all cylinders. Well, more annoying Taylor Swift talk because, you know, <laughs> we weren't sure that he would win this game, the Kelsey fella, he would be up to it because, I, oh, my God, all over the news, regular news, they had their first fight. How do you know it was their first fight, by the way? Oh. Mm. Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Right. And they show him getting, you know, walking to go play the game, and they're, like, saying, oh, look at him. He looks so distraught after their first fight. <laughs> like, Jesus, God, how is this news? And I highly doubt that's what he's thinking about. Right. Uh, so we're going to preview the next uh, two games that are airing tonight, and there are two because of uh, some some weather situations. So we got this email here from Robert in the gay area. The Bay Area. He says, I wanted to ask how Steve felt about weather. They pushed the Buffalo game to today because of a little snow. Back in my days, oh. they would play in any type of weather. The a Raiders, little snow. The Raiders played in a blizzard, which led to a fumble, which then was turned over, which led to the face of the NFL, Brady. It was a fumble. Back to what I was asking. <laughs> Do you feel they should just let them play? If it's too cold for fans, that's on them to want to sit in blizzards. 
I say, just let them play. What say you, Steve? You know, I still fall into that old school type of, you know, you build your stadium. This is what it is. The cold weather is what gives the Bills their advantage. Granted, they're playing the Steelers, who are a cold-weather team, but we watched it. That was the huge advantage of having home field in the playoffs, which is what you play for the regular season, to take a team like the Dolphins, who's not used to it, and putting them in those conditions. I, as a fan, love to watch these things. I know that they are not high-scoring if they're playing in the snow, and the networks may not like it as much. But And I think in the end, that's really what's dictating it is because they want to keep the fans entertained and higher scoring games make fans enjoy it more often. I understand them moving it. If, if they're playing, I love snow football. It's my favorite. But it's got to be like an inch or two or less. It can't be a foot of snow out there. I watched that with the Lions-Eagles many years ago, and it was not enjoyable. But, you know, we're still getting football. It's still going to be cold. Hopefully the field's good enough, and uh, hopefully we get a good game. Yeah, see, I only take issue in his email with when he said a little snow. Did, has he not seen what the Buffalo Stadium looks like? It's not a little snow. They actually are um, – they put out this call to all the fans that um, they'll pay them 20 bucks an hour to, like, show up to help them shovel and clear out the stadium. That's yeah. cool. And they're, yeah. like, bringing food in. They'll oh. feed them, making it, like, this big party thing. Yeah, so that's not – you, you don't put a call out for that if it's a little bit of snow, right. you know? Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, the question that I have is, you know, the stadiums are like big bowls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I know this from years of shovel my driver. Where are they putting the snow? Because if they got to clear it out, are they throwing it over the roof? Oh, I mean, how are they getting all of that snow out of the stadium? Because you can only pile so much snow up inside. Yeah. That's you know hmm. this is what I want to see. I want to I want footage of them showing all of the fans that show up to get paid the twenty bucks an hour and that are helping to clear it. I want to see what are they doing with it. Where are they putting it? <laughs> so Steve, if the uh, the snow continue continues to to fall and that's the, they can't manage it, do they just push the game off to tomorrow or how does that work? Do you know? I don't think they can because you got Saturday and Sunday games. You can't be playing on a Tuesday. I mean, you can, but talk about a huge disadvantage. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're playing tonight. I think it, regardless of conditions, hopefully, you know, they haven't received any more snow and we can enjoy the game. But I don't see how they can postpone it any farther. So the Chiefs, I remember when I was, I was watching the beginning of the Chiefs game, they were talking a lot about the, this heating system that they have underneath the field. Uh, because it was, did you hear, Steve? It was cold in Kansas City, uh, but they had that heating. I think si- I heard it more than once. <laughs> they had this uh, heating system um, in Buffalo. Is the is the snow just so bad that the, a heating system like that just wouldn't have any effect? Uh, I'm not an engineer. I don't. I don't know that. I just have a hard time. I mean, I put a heating blanket down on the turf. It's not going to melt three feet of snow. Right. I, I mean, it's going to help for the first you know, inches it comes down or so, but at a certain point, you know, just like your roads and everything else, it's going to overtake it. And from that point on, it, it, it may help the bottom layer and keep the field actually turning to a sheet of ice, right. but it didn't even do that with Casey. So it's great. It helps, but at a certain point, you just get too much snow and I think it just becomes a non-factor. I think it was that game that one of the players, and I don't know who it was, 
when he there was something going on with maybe his ankle and when he fell he fell right on his knee and i was like oh god that that was that just like falling on hard ice Seriously. you know just Must on that field beautiful. oh god oh, it's like oh. falling on cement right yeah uh alec wrote in and says there was three feet of snow and the governor of buffalo moved the game due to no one being able to get to the game is, is that is that your understanding steve uh, I wasn't aware of the governor, actually. I, I would believe that that's a decision made by the NFL. I yeah. mean, the NFL says, look, we're we're playing or we're not playing. The governor comes in and says, we're not playing. The NFL is just going to say, fine, we're going to go take this game, you know, to Detroit or some other warmer weather, but neutral field. So I, I don't see how the governor has the full pull. The NFL has to agree to everything. I mean, they're such a huge money-making business. They're not going to let the governor call the shots on what they do. That's that's ridiculous, Alex. It, it, it is so nice that we still at least live in a country where that is allowed, yes. where you can make your own decision and tell a governor to blank off. Yeah, you know? no kidding. Yeah. And uh, finally, uh, today we also have the Philadelphia Eagles, Eagles playing the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, the Eagles really struggled to go into this playoffs. They lost five of six games. The uh, you know their offense has been out of sync all year. Their defense, which was really good last year, has had numerous injuries. They're not playing well at all. Their secondary can't stop anything. Luckily, they're going up against Tampa Bay, which really struggles on offense. They have a good defense. But Baker Mayfield will be playing. He's been listed as questionable all day. He's got ribs and an ankle injury. So you know he's not going to be willing to take the big hit. and He's not going to be that mobile. But Tampa Bay is a pretty good team. They were another team going into the season that no one had high expectations for. But they've really performed well. This is if the Eagles team that we all know and, you know, enjoyed watching shows up they should win this game easily but i mean down the road they lost the last game to the giants they lost the week before to the arizona cardinals these are two of the worst teams in the entire nfl and they couldn't even beat them when all they had to do is win one game to win that division so it's a coin toss on what's going to happen here and uh, I, I lean towards the Eagles. I liked them the last two weeks. I thought they could, were a much better team and could figure out how to win. But, man, I can't put my money on the Eagles at this point because they've let me down with the Giants and the Cardinals. I, uh, I told my husband, I'm like, oh, my God, I love the Eagles. They're my team. He's like, no, you don't love the Eagles. You love Jason Kelsey. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that's fair. <laughs> Dawn would love to be the quarterback of the Eagles just so that she can reach down and see Jason Kelsey's tush right in her face. Oh, Ugh, blue 42. <laughs> Mama loved it. Uh, we did get an email from Rick here that said the New York governor issued a stay-at-home order. Nobody could travel. Um, so maybe there, I think there's some some truth to this. Uh, governor Hochul didn't leave any room for speculation with her words when she addressed the potential challenges. But, oh. but what I correct me if I'm wrong, Steve. What what I hear you saying, Steve, is the governor and kind of what I was getting at can say that for the the citizens, but the governor can't tell the NFL what to do. Uh, that's the way I would believe it to be. Yeah. She could say that, but it's ultimately going to be the the NFL's decision. Hey, fine, you want to play that card? Okay, we'll just go take this game to elsewhere. We'll go right. play here, and now you get absolutely nothing. Which way do you really want to play this? Yeah, the- you know, I, I 
any more in today's day and age, I think these become more political moves. So, oh, she was looking out for the welfare of the the citizens of New York, you know, and you can take it from there. But at the NFL, such a huge business. We've seen them. They moved a game from the Bills a couple of years ago to Detroit, and they played in Detroit. So the NFL can pretty much do what they want. Well, I, I mean, and I'm just going to be talking out of my booty here because I, I don't know of what I'm saying. I just have like an emotional reaction. And um, I, I, I also have a problem with if, if you're someone who's lived there a long time and you know how to get around, who are you to tell me if I can leave my house or not? Right. Like, because I, I was saying to my husband, I'm like, God, how do these people live in this? I wouldn't be able to function. And he's like, yeah, we're coming from a point of where we don't live there. You have lifelong people that have lived there. I don't know. That's just a side note to this. If this mm-hmm. is what the governor's called, who is she to deem that it's dangerous for everybody? Let each person decide on their own. I mean, that's just ugh, that's annoying. And does that really keep people home? And yeah. I grew up in the Midwest and they get a lot of snow. You would look at people driving in Minnesota with rear-wheel drive cars. I mean, you, you yeah. go to Reno and it snows and everybody's got to have a four-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. Right. These people are around the snow all the time. I mean, they're driving Cadillacs yeah. you, you know, <laughs> in, in the snow, you know, three feet of snow. And it's like no big deal because, as you said, that's what they grew up with. That's what they know. One of my good friends um, live, grew up in Reno, and she moved to Minnesota for a time. She lived there for a couple of years, loved it. The only reason she came back is to help out family that was ill. Otherwise, she would have stayed there. And they said, listen, our state of Minnesota, because it is beautiful if you've ever been there and there's so much to do, they're like, we literally would probably be the population of California if it wasn't for our weather because it scares everybody off, but it doesn't scare the locals. Mm -hmm. She said people are still out and about living their lives doing stuff, and she's like, it is snow you have never seen before, you know, over what we're used to. So, uh, Steve, uh, I have a question here from a no-name. We're kind of going off of... Uh, away from NFL, but uh, and it's a little bit more regional because uh, they say, well, I want to know what Steve thinks about California banning youth football for children under 12. Whoa. Seems more like of a dictatorship, but that should be the parents' call. Do you Have you heard anything about this? Is this even in your wheelhouse? Wow. I, I, I have never heard that, um, so th- that is news to me. But But my belief has always been, it's the parents' decision. They have flag football out there. If you're not comfortable with, you know, your child playing regular football, one, they don't have to play football at all. Two, you can take them to flag football if that's what you feel is best. Three, you can let them play regular football if that's what you want to do. To me, that is still a parent's decision, and I just, I'm not a big fan of what I sometimes believe as a government outreach to try to protect us all. At the end of the day, we're the ones who make decisions. It's our lives. But we have to take responsibility with our lives. And that's also another little thing that I complain about anymore is it seems that we try to blame everything else versus taking our own responsibility for what's going on. And and if the, if the parents want to play, the kid wants to play, have at it. Yeah, I second, third, fourth that. Because to me, that's not only the government overreach. That is other parents deciding for other parents how you're going to parent your child. Because whatever this group, if, if whatever this is, and you get a group of parents that are for it, great, your kids don't play then. Mm-hmm. Who the hell are you to decide for other parents that want their kids to play? 
But you, you're telling them you have to parent and feel the way that we do. And I, Steve, I don't know how this works. I, I, tell me if I'm wrong here. I also, here's, I feel like, how do you expect a child to get to the point where they could play at the college level or the or the even the NFL if they're getting such a late start in playing? It's almost like, don't they need to be conditioned young? Or am I wrong on that? Can they literally learn all of this? You know, uh, I, what's the, what'd they say? 12? You have to mm-hmm. be 12 and older? Mm-hmm. So it's under 12? Uh, right. Uh, I, I fall under the, the umbrella of if the kid's athletically talented enough, one, and I get it, my kids played tournament, you know, travel ball and all that other stuff. And, and But one of the things I don't like is I don't like the fact that coaches try to pigeon them pigeonhole them into one sport. Look, if you're not dedicated to this, you're going to play baseball or football or basketball, and that's the only sport. I think kids should be able to play every sport. And if you're good enough, you're going to excel at every sport out there. You need to learn to play all of them to find out what exactly you like and and or love. But if you have that talent, believe me, they can bring you up to speed pretty quickly in high school in order to get you there for a college but that's one of the things that, that I get disappointed in is it's turned into now. You, you can only play one sport. And being a kid who wasn't the greatest athletically, but, man, I loved all the different sports. And you should allow me to play them all, not just say, you know, you got to play baseball and that's the only thing you can do. Because I, I think sports as a whole really misses out by not allowing these kids to try all of the different ones to find out which one they really like. But if you have the talent, you're going to get caught up quickly. Yeah, one of our godsons, and I mean, it, it, it's a blessing his parents had the resources for it, you know, the leagues you can have, obviously, outside of school or whatever. He dabbled in, in, in a lot of different sports, and he has, he has chosen basketball. And so now that's his thing because he's played all of them, and he's really good at basketball, and that's the one that he loves and he's passionate about. But he was able to make that decision after doing like what you said. He was able to play different sports and kind of see where his passion was. And so it, it's, it's, it, it's, it's just beautiful to see how enjoyable it is for him because he knows that this is the one thing he really loves and wants to hone in on. And just think if they didn't let him play football. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, thank you so much, Steve. We always uh, love having you on the air, and I always, I, I love, especially when you say the word "bitch" multiple times. <laughs> that was great. That was. Uh, uh, thank you so much, Steve. We will definitely talk to you again on Friday to preview the the weekend uh, playoff games. Uh, but and we're actually putting a a pin on the Mix Pick Sports Show on uh, Rad TV at members.radradio.com, also on 1047 FM and 890 AM in Sacramento, and on the Rad app at radradio.com. Until Rob gets well, and then we will uh, we will resume and debut the uh, the Mixed Pick Sports Show. Uh, thank you so much, Steve. Thank you, and have a wonderful week. You too. You too, Steve. That's Bye. Steve Mickelson woo, woo, from woo. MixPicks.com, live from Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, we are going to take a break and come right back. Rob, anybody, anybody. and Dawn. The Rob, anybody, and Dawn Show.